welcome to Microdosing, where we focus in on very specific topics that represent larger trends in healthcare. Here in season three, I'll be speaking with other healthcare podcasters to learn more about the trends in their space and get a sampling of other podcasts we all might want to follow. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Dr. Stephen Bradley. Stephen is an anesthesiologist with the U.S. Navy, as well as a fellow with the McLean Center for Clinical Medical Ethics at the University of Chicago. He is the host of two podcasts. The first and more frequent of the two is the Black Doctors Podcast, designed for inspiration and representation to minority students pursuing health professions. The other is Curbside Ethics, which he publishes monthly, focused on medical ethics, health equity, and culturally competent care. So many healthcare executives right now are talking a big game in healthcare ethics and health equity. I don't think there is anyone out there that believes they know it all. I myself have many blind spots and unknown unknowns. So if you're out there making health equity promises or just want to learn more, Stephen's podcasts are a must. And for anyone curious as to how much experience you need to start your own podcast, pay attention to his story on how he got started. Stephen, welcome to Microdosing. Paul, thanks for having me. As always, let's dive right in. I'd love to get the backstory on your podcast. What came first, your interest in podcasting or the idea for the podcast or podcast themselves? When you sent me this question, it was, I thought it was such a, a very detailed question. I really was able to dig down into which actually came first. And for me, it was the idea of the podcast. I hadn't actually listened to podcast before I started the podcast. Um, I was looking at social media, there's the medical influencers along with the other influencers, and they weren't really portraying my experience with my journey through medical school. It was a lot less glamorous than what it looks like on most people's Instagram pages. And I wanted to connect with people that were like me and that were struggling and didn't have the, the best experience while in that process. I realized with social media, everything moves so quickly. It's hard to have something that would stay on that Instagram page or Twitter. So my initial idea was the platform to increase awareness and representation of the diversity in healthcare fields. As I thought about what is a good way to have and to build this platform, I looked into podcasting. So the second part was the research. And you know, you can learn anything you want these days on Google, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. So I spent a lot of time on YouTube, on the blog sites to really determine the nuts and bolts. How do you build a podcast? How do you actually make this thing work? So first came the idea, and then I became interested in podcasting. You're hosting two podcasts right now, correct? I do. Yeah. I host two podcasts. The initial one was the Black Doctors podcast. I realized I needed to be inclusive, but make it clear what my mission was. And my mission is to focus on minorities in medicine, especially Black or African-American medicine, as well as other healthcare-related fields. Somewhat evolved since then. After about a year into recording episodes for the podcast, one of my other passions is medical ethics. I did a one-year fellowship in medical ethics while I was completing my anesthesiology residency, and I started to build episodes around medical ethics. After a year, I split that off into its own podcast, Curbside Ethics. I produce episodes there maybe once a month or so. I focus on the Black Doctors podcast. Every Monday, there's a new episode featuring um, minority healthcare professional. And when I have time, as it permits, I record an episode on medical ethics, whether that's, you know, COVID-19 vaccine mandates or how it affects military personnel being mandated to have these vaccines or justice and beneficence and 
how we allocate resources in an equitable fashion. One of the big pieces within podcasts is the ability to share stories. And I think in anybody's career, you're faced with challenges and you are always asking yourself, am I the only one going through this or are other people mm-hmm. like me going through this? And, you know, particularly in medicine and then particularly with the black community. So listening to a lot of your episodes, it really opens my eyes to what one, the medical profession goes through, whether it's medical students or fellows or anywhere on your career stage, plus the the black community and the different Mm -hmm. nuances that they face that many other communities don't. And I think that's just a, a really I've learned so much by just listening to just a handful of your episodes, um, and I found them really refreshing. And, and I'll say, as a podcaster, you know, I, I started this thinking I'm going to reach this demographic of people. This is my goal. This is my focus. Over the last year and a half, I've sat back and was like, oh, well, anybody listens to this. And I've had so many like surprising stories, like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, well, well you're a, a preschool teacher in, in Iowa. That's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> As you think about the format of your podcast, how has it evolved, if any? What stayed the same? But would love to get a, a little bit of kind of what you've learned over the years of from episode to episode. Yeah. So my podcast is interview based, interview styled, and I try to approach it in a temporal fashion each time, starting out with why did you de- decide or when did you decide to go into your career? the answers you get are so interesting. It's such a good place to start where some people are in high school, some people as young as four or five years old. And I dig into that. And I try to track their progress through college. Uh, Where did you go for school? What experiences did you have there as a minority in those spaces? What mistakes did you make along the way that you had to overcome? So I track it kind of from whenever they had that initial thought through graduate school and on to their career. And then the second part of the show is really digging into their style of practice because I want it to be helpful to pre-medical and medical students that are looking into these careers or pre-health students. What is it like to be a pharmacist? Um, So we talk about that for a little bit. Most people these days do have a side hustle or a passion project. I can't pay people to come on the show, you know, but I can amplify their practice, their side hustle. I had a pharmacist that sells spices. And talk about your business. What led you to start a spice business? How did you make this work? And give them a little bit of time to talk about themselves and about something that they're passionate about. And then as as you look back, you've done, you've been at a year, an episode a week. So you've got quite the stockpile. I'm impressed at how much content <laughs> you push out. But when you think about the last, your favorite two or three memories, what, what were those? Good, bad, awkward? Would love to hear them. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually been it's actually been about a year and a half. And yeah. the last year, I was inspired through a clubhouse chat room to do an episode every week. So I was very happy that 2021, every Monday at least, I had an episode. I still remember the first episode that I released as a long story. I was I'm in the Navy. I was supposed to be deploying to Iraq, and I was doing some pre workup training right when I was supposed to release my first episode. So I had it pre recorded. And I remember looking and seeing 50 people had downloaded it. And I was just mind blown that 50 people somehow found me on the internet and cared enough to listen to an episode. The second thing that kind of blew my mind was I try to provide resources for pre-meds and medical students because, you know, 50 bucks goes a long way when you're in college. 
So I hosted a scholarship. I think it was like, leave a review and I'll put you in a raffle for 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or something like that. And I got a text from one of my buddies. He's a dermatologist in Atlanta. And he had a picture with his mentee. And he's like, oh, hey, my mentee says he won your scholarship. And I was like, oh, and so that full circle moment was just beautiful. The third and least favorite, it's only happened to me once, thank God, and knock on wood, where I lost an episode. Um, had it recorded, and I think I cleaned some stuff up on my computer and went back to find it, and there's no episode. I apologize profusely to that individual. As you mentioned, there's a lot of favors that go into the podcast world and to have someone provide you a favor and then lose an episode that has to feel like a <laughs> rock in your stomach. And then on, on your side, what are your some of your favorite podcasts that you listen to or blogs that you read? Um, anesthesiology is one of our big journals that's associated with the American Society of Anesthesiologists. They review articles from each monthly edition. So it's a great way to stay current in my practice. Anesthesia and Critical Care at Crack is a podcast I listen to as well out of Hopkins. I was actually featured on the episode this week talking about medical ethics, and they just have, again, an array of resources to help improve my practice. For fun, I listen to this podcast called Dissect. The host, Cole Kushner, he's a classically trained musician, and he breaks down different artists and their albums. So he went through Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, song by song. He talked about everybody that was featured on that art on that album. He talked about where all the samples came from and kind of what state Kanye West was in when he made that album. And it just showed so much depth to Kanye as an artist. And the host does a fantastic job of even showing like how good a podcast can actually be. Wow, that is a lot of variables to pull out of uh, uh, an album and an artist. That's amazing. I'll <laughs> oh, have to yeah. listen to that. And, and in ethics, what's what are the, the hot topics today in ethics and, and what should we be all more aware of? Um, the, the hot topics, you know, everything dealing with COVID-19, you know, can't get away from that with the mask mandates and the equitable distribution of vaccines and who has to get a vaccine to come back to work. How long should you stay home when you're sick or infected? So those are ever evolving. Some of the constant threads in medical ethics are health equity and ensuring that we're providing justice and equitable care to patients, despite their socioeconomic status, their ethnic status, that those are kind of the things, you know, and we know that's been an issue since our country began, something we continue to work on and to improve. What have been a couple of things that you've been proud to see progress in and would have been a couple of things where we, we still have some work to do. Yeah. One of the biggest things that's happened is um, recognition and funding has been made available for efforts in the diversity, equity, and inclusion spaces. So often as minority physicians or healthcare providers, you're kind of looked upon to take care of your own kind, whether that's patients or aspiring physicians or pharmacists, you know, it's your job to mentor people that look like you. When in reality, you know, we did not create this inequity. It is incumbent on the system that created this inequity to work to improve it and, and to correct it. Thankfully, institutions have started to provide funding for efforts in this space, as well as credit for your academic promotion, because that's what, you know, if you spend so much time doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work that you cannot publish or do research to advance your academic career, you're being, in essence, penalized for that. So programs over the last couple of years have really started to invest more and in taking the stock that, hey, you're doing these efforts, we're going to reward you clinically, financially, and support these efforts. 
And then last question, if, if you could go back to, gosh, that, that first podcast that you were considering uploading <laughs> um, and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Um, I would tell myself to enjoy the ride. Kind of like, like we talked about just before we started recording. It's such a long road, but you need to stay committed. You have to stay consistent. Initially, I was worried about producing content that would appeal to everybody or my target demographic. And after about six months to a year, I realized, hey, people are going to listen if they enjoyed this person or this episode or this topic. That's fantastic. If not, then they'll go on to the next episode. I, I had a ear, nose, and throat surgeon on. And with the host, I could see kind of who searches for what. And people search for nasal levi, apparently, and found that episode. And this is one of the most highly ranked search topics that I would have never guessed. So just, just enjoy the ride and, and, you know, continue to focus on the individual people I, I have a chance to talk to and share ideas with. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for, for sitting down and sharing your story today. And thanks so much for all the, the, the content that you're creating. It's making a big difference. Well, Paul, thank you so much for having me on. Hope you enjoy the, the new year. Thank you for listening to Microdosing. For more content like this, please follow me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash n slash shrimp or on Twitter at Paul Shrimp. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.